tonight, in honor of Pastoral Appreciation Month, we want to talk about the truth about pastoring. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Everybody say the truth about pastoring. Amen. Every real pastor, can I switch y'all? Every real pastor that would hear this, a lot of what I'm going to say is going to resonate. Give me up a little bit more, kind of match where we're. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about the truth about pastoring and let you into our world a little bit because part of appreciation uh, is understanding, right? If, uh, you know, <laughs> I remember when the children were little and we had, what, three toddlers at the same time, something like that? Three, three at the same time. Three toddlers at the same time. Uh, and, and, and a big head over there. He was a little older than toddler. He was a tween. <laughs> but man, you know, I thought I appreciated my wife, except for the times when I would let her take a break. And I'd be there with three toddlers and a tween having to do her job, understanding it a little better. Amen? Amen. So then my appreciation went up. Yes, because I understood what it actually took. And, babe, why my spaghetti cold when I come home? I understand, stood a little better. Somebody say amen. amen. And I remember back we didn't have money and, and uh, $75 a week for groceries. Baby, what you doing? $75 a week? And then he said, hey, babe, why don't you come grocery shopping with me? Amen. And then I was wanting this, that, and the third. Well, baby, get this, get that. Get this, get that. Amen. Well, baby, come on. You know I like them sausages. Baby, come on, baby. And then the bill was like 175 Amen. I appreciate it. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Uh, wives, you got to let your husbands go with you sometime. Amen. They, they would appreciate. They would appreciate. And so, and so, appreciating, appreciation comes from understanding. Step walking in their shoes, right? So we're going to talk about, this is not a pastoral appreciation message or raising money for the pastor message, all right? But it is from the inside just a little bit of what, what, what it is to, to be a pastor. The other thing is I know that I'm talking to some people in here who uh, I'm actually in this room who have been pastors, uh, will pastor again. Um, I'm talking to people who have never pastored uh, in this room right now, but some of you will pastor. Some of you will pastor. Out of this church are going to be multiple campuses if the Lord tarries. And so this message is good for a multiple of people who will be pastoring again, those who will pastor. Uh, some of you will be married to pastors. Yeah, you will. And so um, it's good for everybody. Somebody say amen. amen. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. And we're going we're gonna to go through the word of God tonight. 
to just understand the truth about being a pastor. Uh, anybody that would grow up and say, one day I want to be a pastor, I would say either they got uh, been drinking some crazy juice <laughs> or they really, really love the Lord a whole lot and was one of the hardest jobs they could have on earth. All right? Well, either, either one of those. But um, this is not something I ever wanted to do. And I know we hear people say that a lot, and I'm, I'm not going to talk bad about what I do because I like what I do. God has called me, and I found the joy in what I do. Amen? As pastoring. But it hasn't always been there, and you, 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 you got to, you know, you got to become willing and obedient, right? <laughs> At first, a lot of times when you're doing what God told you, you're just obedient. But you don't eat the good of land for being obedient. You be kicking and screaming and be obedient. <laughs> yes? But God wants you to be willing. Somebody say amen. amen. Said if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land, right? Yes, he will. And so then you got to let the Lord work on your will. He said God will work. Uh, in you both to will and to do. So you have to say, Lord, work on my will. Amen. Because if I got to do this, I bet I might as well enjoy it. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So let's look at uh let's look at Ephesians 4. And uh let's start at verse 8. Wherefore, he said, when he ascended up on high, that's when he went to heaven after he resurrected, he led captivity captive. That means everybody in paradise that, want, that believed on what he preached because he preached to people in hell, right? That's a whole other message. But everybody, can you imagine Jesus preaching in hell and some of them people in hell still was like, nah, I'll pass on that. <laughs> But he ascended up on high and he led captivity captive. Those that were cap captive in, in paradise, hell, whatever you want to call it. Hell had two compartments at one point. Um, and that's a whole other message. We'll explain that one day. I know we have before. But he led captivity captive and he then he gave gifts unto men. Now he that ascended, what is it that he also, he that ascended, what is it that he also descended? That's what I was talking about into the lower parts of the earth, that's hell, right? He that descended is the same that ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all, that he might fill all things. Verse 11, now this is attached to, and he gave gifts to men, right? Number 11, and he gave some, these are some of the gifts that he gave, apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. So the saints will grow up and mature. Why do you have a pastor? So that you can mature. Somebody say amen. amen. Mature, people that are mature don't need people to wipe their bottom and change the diaper. It's quiet. Got a lot of babies in church because they don't want to grow up. Taking on responsibility. 
So somebody's feeding you and changing your pamper, you ought to grow up, right? With the expectation to do what? To feed somebody else. Yeah, and change their pamper. But that that mandate hasn't been put on people. So that's why they come to church and get make all kind of trouble and be offended. There's always something wrong. Because they're not gonna be they not responsible, right? But remember. When you step up in the men's shoes, you can appreciate what they got to do. Yeah? Somebody say amen. amen. That's right. For the perfecting the saint. Why? Why do we want you to mature? For the work of the ministry. Where are we going with this, Natalie? What's all this stuff that God's doing in your life? Because he wants you to work in the ministry. Is that true or no? Amen. I ain't ready for all that. Right. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Is that, are we reading the Bible? Right. Now, no, the pastor is to work in the ministry. No, he to perfect you so you can work in the ministry. <laughs> Joel and Victoria ministry. That's why that's why I'll never be Rhonda Regina's ministry. If we start if we're gonna start putting names out on stuff, it's gonna be all our names. Come on, somebody. It's gonna be everybody. Everybody got some skin in the game. Hello? Amen. We ain't got a sign big enough to put all the names of who ministry it is. Come on, somebody. That's the old model. It's the wrong model. Somebody say amen. amen. And I'm not, I'm not bashing them. Amen. I'm not criticizing them. But that's how we look at it, right? So it, it, he's gave, he gave these gifts for the maturing of the saints so that you could work in the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. To also edify you. What does edify mean? What is an edifice? What is the edifice? It's a building. So to build you up. <laughs> so James, it's discouraging. You sit under my ministry, hear all this word, and every time I meet with you once a month something, I got to keep building you up because you all the way down. Right? So he's given all of these for not just pastors, Prophet, sometimes you get a prophetic word, right? What is that for? To build you up. How many of y'all ever received a prophetic word? But most of y'all don't war with that word. No, what did they say? What did the man of God say? <coughs> Hello? <laughs> I was in the past study with, uh, we was getting ready to leave. And uh, uh, Marlon Gould's sister, who raised her from the dead, by the way. Molly Goose's sister raised her from the dead when she was a little girl or something like that. We get ready to leave. She turned. She stopped. And she's very perfect. She's turning around. And there's a lot of people in the room. Dr. Rogers, a whole bunch of people. She pointed her straight to me. She said, you're going to be very rich. And she turned around and walked off. So what you think I'll be worn with? Right? She's not a pastor. But she flew in the, in the prophetic. And that was to build me up, Right? When last time you looked at your prophecy that you was told? Huh? When last time you looked at it, though? Hello? So he uses all of that. When last time you looked at it, did you write it down? Oh, God. Somebody help my sister. We got it. You got it on tape. She, he got it. Get it. We war with those gifts. That's what God gave us the gifts. To build us up. <laughs> 
to mature us so that we can do what? Two people. So that we can do what? So, oh, it's a cuss word. No, it's not. So that we can what? Work. And have some responsibility. Somebody say amen. amen. Mothers, y'all remember when y'all was single? Versus when you had your first baby? Did responsibility come on you? Exactly. And you had to do some growing up, right? All right, all of those stupid stuff, no, no more. Right? All right. So that's what we got to do in the body of Christ. For the edifying of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, right? To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We keep looking at each other, comparing each other, this and that. No, look at Christ. That's your destination. That's your destination. You know the Bible says, as he is, so are you in your spirit. You know the Bible says the same faith Jesus had, you got it. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. You got access to that same faith. Do you know the Bible said the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you and it's in your spirit, the real you. So everything that we're doing is, is maturing and working that out, right? Okay. But he did say, Pastor, so uh, in the MIT class we learned how to remember the function of what we call the fivefold gifts of the body of Christ, all right? And so... He gave some to be apostles is the thumb, the prophets, always talking about the future. Evangelists is the longest reaching finger, right? What's next? Pastor, what finger is that? It's the ring finger. Teachers are small as you can get in the, the cracks and the crevices of the word. But that ring finger is the pastor. <laughs> it's the only finger got a ring on it. Wonder what that's all about. Well, let's look up what the word pastor means in the Greek. It's the word poimen, poimen. It means a shepherd, a herdsman, a shepherd in the parable. He to whose, listen to this, he to whose care and control. This is the Bible. Now, you know, I'll be trying to not to control people, right? But it said, he to whose care and control others have committed themselves. I can't make a person submit to me as their pastor. You have to submit yourself to me as your pastor. A person to whose care and control others have committed themselves and whose precepts they follow. Precept, right? Follow me as I follow Christ. Here's a good thing. If it's something good on me, Lord, let it be on them. Somebody say amen. amen. As the priest, as the people, as the people, as the priest, however it goes. But it's very crucial who your pastor is. Do y'all believe that? Okay, so it says a presiding officer. This is still a pastor. Presiding officer, a manager, a director of an assembly, 
Um, so of Christ, the head of the church, of the overseers, he's the pastor of the pastors. We're the under-shepherds. He's the chief shepherd, right? The task of a Near Eastern shepherd to watch was to watch for the enemies trying to attack the sheep. That's, that's the job of a pastor. It's a big job to watch for the enemy. So pastors many times can see an enemy coming before the sheep can, right? Do y'all remember all those prophetic messages before COVID? Hello? How to stay healed. So we did how not to let the flu. So we write in the mini book now. I just changed one word. How not to let the virus catch you, right? Whatever it is, right? We talked about that. And people were exercising that way before, right? It's coming. We talked about COVID coming. I called it, didn't I? Yeah. The famine's coming. Hello, stock up, right? Stock up. Three weeks before the ice storm, when you couldn't get there, right? That's a pastor. And everybody did that. We was chilling, right? Yeah. See, those of y'all who weren't here, the Lord gave a prophetic word. Go ahead and stock up on your food. And he gave it on December the 31st. We got it on tape. Man, you send that to me. Send me the audio of that. It was such a prophetic moment. Because we had 24-hour prayer. We're going to do it again this year. And as I was sleeping while y'all was praying, because everybody took an hour, I hear, and then the, the, all of these prophetic things came to me. And I saw cities being destroyed in America. We saw famines, because on that tape, we said, stock up. Y'all remember that? We still got it. See, a pastor sees beforehand. Somebody say amen. amen. We're not reacting. See, this, this is what I'm saying. If, y'all, if we were supposed to do vaccines at church, God would have told us that before COVID hit. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. We're not reactionary. He said, now you need to get ready to get some vaccines and y'all going to take shots. But he didn't tell us that. Right. Somebody say amen. amen. The government saying it, but God never said it. Oh, God. Man, am I going to get through this tonight? <laughs> Take your time, Rev. When are you going to finish? Y'all be lying. <laughs> to watch for the enemies trying to attack the sheep, to defend the sheep from attackers, to heal the wounded and sick sheep, to find and save lost or trapped sheep, to love them, sharing their lives, and so earning their trust. <laughs> Walking them through different parts of their life. We're, we're committed and in covenant with two, God and his church. Because, you know, we say sometimes, my people, you're not really my people, you're God's people that I shepherd but you're the people God entrusted to me. So just a little walk in my shoes, okay? When you're being critical or I ain't giving them nothing or whatever, right? 
Uh, just, 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 she can bear witness. On any given night, you can get a call. Anytime. 12 o'clock, midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Somebody cried. Oh, pastor, Pastor, Pastor. She, my daughter jumped on me and stole the car. You roll over. They're not calling you. You sleep. Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. <laughs> he took the car and he, he told me not coming back. Anytime that night. You got calls? <laughs> funny but not funny. Three o'clock in the morning. Pastor, 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 y'all gotta come get her, man. She pulling lives and stuff, man. She trying to stab me. True or no? Anytime, day or night, calls, calls. They just told me, my son got shot. We going down there now. To Ben Todd. You sleep. Pastor, yeah. He got care for the sheep. And, and y'all, you know, we don't talk about this in new members class. We don't say call in the middle of the night. People just expect that they can call their pastor. At any time. We never advertise. Yeah, just call us 24 hours a day. <laughs> pastor, Pastor, they're rushing her to the hospital. They're rushing to the hospital. They don't know if she's going to make it. She, she breathing 10%. Keep praying. Pastor, man. She just had another miscarriage, man. Oh, no. Can we come over? On and on and on. A pastor can get all kind of call anytime, day or night. But he's married to the church. Somebody say amen. amen. Hmm. First thing to do if you ever become a pastor, you must be committed and in covenant with God and God's people. It's 24 hours. It can ruin a date night. Time when you're celebrating with your child for their birthday. Christmas. New Year's. We've gotten calls on the night of Thanksgiving. Stayed up 24 four hours with somebody that was dying, praying with their husband. When you're being a pastor, <laughs> it's a commitment to God and God's people. Look at Jeremiah 17, 16. Some people look at pastors, oh, it must be nice. You see them on TV or something like that, or you know, you know, the, the perks of pastoring. You know, generally speaking, if a man of God is doing right, he will prosper. Look what he drives. Look where he lives, whatever. But y'all, I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> the job ain't no joke if you do it right. Somebody say amen. 
As for me, Jeremiah says, I have not hastened from being a pastor to follow thee. Neither have I desired the woeful day. Thou knowest that which has come out of my lips was right before you. He's talking to God. Let me explain it to you in another translation, the, the NLT. Lord, I have not abandoned my job as a pastor for your people. See, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't abandon my job. He said, I have not urged you to send disaster. You have heard everything I've said. So the tension and the pressure of being a pastor is you working for God, number one, answerable to him. Number two, you serving his people that he loves a lot. That's why a true pastor can't get away with nothing when he's when he dealing with God's people. It may look like he's getting by, but he's not getting away. And I can call several names of several people. We're not going to do that tonight. There's no, no longer here. Somebody say amen. Driving big, living big, but misusing and mistreating God's people, and they're not here. We saw their funerals on YouTube or what have you. Somebody say amen. Yeah, he said, I've not abandoned my job. Why does he say that, Tiana? Because this is a job. You talking about people walking off a job. No, it's for real. They say every Monday, Tia, a percentage of pastors quit. Every Monday. This is the job to walk off of. Because a lot of times it's thankless. It's appreci nobody appreciates it. Nobody really understands the sacrifice and how can they? They're not doing it. Somebody say amen. And sometimes it's a dangerous job. Hello? Can you imagine standing up and just God giving word of prophecy? You know, this is right here, Leah. Uh, Lord say you mess with doing that, Joe. Leave him alone. Uh, uh, you know, and didn't know she was living with him. She leaves the boyfriend. Boyfriend, where you leave? Where the pastor say leave? And he he a thug. You know, he from you know the the West Side Crips or something. Who you think he coming after? Oh yes, it can be dangerous, y'all. And so don't don't try to emulate what we do, y'all. If you ain't got what we got, don't try to fake the phone. And do what we do. Come on, somebody. Because you remember like the seven sons of Sceva, they tried to cast out the devil, and the devil started speaking. They say, Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. But who are you? And a lot of people aspire to this stuff or starting the church because they think it's going to be an easy way to make money. Oh, it's a lot of easy ways to make money. Somebody say amen. Oh, my gosh. A lot more easy ways to make money. Hello? Or they're going to get famous or whatever, 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 right? You want to get famous, go on American Idol. Hello? But I'm going to tell you right now, pastoring ain't no joke, right? This is why he say, I haven't abandoned my job. Hello? Yeah, ain't nobody talking about abandoning a plus job, you know? CEO, I don't do nothing. I get paid $2 million a day. Ain't nobody abandoning that job. So why do you say I have not abandoned my job? Because sometimes pastors be feeling like abandoning jobs. <laughs> I know pastors be passing the church. 
filling out applications for another church. <laughs> Can I be real honest? Y'all, when I first started this church, oh, it was hard. Woo! You remember Gina, them hard days? I'd be on, I'd be on uh, pastors.com, church that looking for vacancies. All I got is 10 people. I can just bring them with me if they want to go. Right? This is too hard. Tell them we're doing something else. Hello? Yeah, abandon the job. It get hard sometimes. Somebody say amen. Number two, number two, you must be willing to lay down your life for the sheep. John 10, 11. Let's go there. John 10 and 11. Jesus said, I am the good pastor. I am the good pastor. Hello? The good pastor gives his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling, uh-oh, and not the shepherd whose own the sheep or not, sees the wolf come in and gets in the self-preservation mode. Because if I'm going to save a sheep from a wolf, am I putting my life in danger? I've stood between members and witches. Come on, somebody. Literally speaking. I've stood up between people that was trying to be violent toward people and, and members and so forth. Intervene. That's when you get cut, stabbed, and shot, though. Come on, somebody. So what this pandemic has done, it's really shown us who the howlings were. I mean, pastors were even, I mean, I know some pastors that were going through the, like, man, it was a toiling thing, you know, to shut the church down. They felt like they had to ch- shut it down. But, I mean, they much prayer consternation. They was trying to figure it out, getting advice. I don't know if they made the right decision or not. That's between them and God. But, y'all, some people, shut the church down. Oops, shut. Like, bro, I'm not catching no corona, y'all. Shut. Shut it down. They're hollering. Never thought about if I shut it down, where's they going to leave my sheep? They go watching on, but sometimes they're not going to watch it. Hello? Well, they can watch it on Facebook, but Facebook always feeding you something, right? So then something else come up, they go turn and watch that. How's it going to affect marriages? We know now, don't we? How's it going to affect single people who already had the banana peel on Pornhub and, and sleeping with the boyfriend and all that stuff? Hello? How's it, how's it going to affect? How's it going to affect our youth? How's it going to affect the mental health? How's it going to affect, affect, affect? Right? But the, the, the good pastor laid down his life for the sheep. Oh, God. You know? I'm sure all of you would have went somewhere, laid your hand on a church member that had uh, full-blown COVID without just no doubt. Right? All y'all would have done that. No, that's what God told me to do, though. What if I'm wrong? What if God didn't tell me and I went anyway? Oh, all of that? Hello? No, a shepherd. He puts himself in harm's way for a sheep. 
Somebody say amen. How much anniversary money is that worth? <laughs> Hello? You can't pay nobody to do that. Somebody say amen. Because a lot of these pastors with million dollar salaries. We're like, bro, shut it down. We're mega builders. 15, 10,000 people. I mean, you can at least get four, 500 people scattered them out. You can see 20,000 people. Nobody. Me, my wife, and the praise team. And they got to get tested every week. Hello? Yeah, my wife too. She got to get tested, right? Yeah. <laughs> this pastors, man. Hello? No, the Bible says, Jesus said, I'm a good, good pastor. I give, he gives, a good pastor gives his life for the sheep, but he that is a hind and not a shepherd whose sheep that is, he, he feels, so, so when I say you're my sheep, you are. See, he said, whose sheep they are not, right? Now, I'm the under shepherd, but I, you're my responsibility. We, I can't shut church down. People risk going to jail. Hey, we have Petra looking out. Hey, bro, look, if you see somebody. Hello? Dr. Rogers, you, you're not a risk going to jail. I mean, they was, they, now down there in North Carolina, they weren't playing. We had linear government. They, they, no, cannot, cannot, cannot. Even to this day, churches are under mask mandates. I, I was just down there preaching. Nobody had no mask on. Somebody say amen. With no mask on, right? So we put it on the line. We put it on the line. It's not your face on the billboard and on the bus. They know me. They can identify. Come on, somebody. It ain't your face up on YouTube every week. Hello? A pastor puts it on the line, and he lays down his life, put his life in jeopardy for the sheep. Somebody say amen. amen. That's a good pastor now. Hello? Now, y'all, you know one thing. There's a lot of things I am I'm not. Y'all, one thing you ain't got, and I told you this before, you ain't got a scary pastor. Somebody say amen. amen. I, I'm not scary now. Come on, somebody. You, you got somebody God has put bonus on and courage on, and if I got to go to jail because I keep my church open in COVID, do what you got to do. Your pastor ain't no punk, right? But we knew some of these guys stressing their S's and all that anyway. Like, bro, you ain't, you ain't got no backbone when it comes to this stuff. Somebody say amen. Come on, thank God for your pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. No scary pastor, man. Y'all, it's time to put your mouth, you know, what to say? Money with your mouth be all that. We've been preaching about God's deliverer. He 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 he'll 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 doctor that never lost a patient. He never lost one patient? But in COVID, he done, he done lost some. Wait a minute. I'm saying, do we believe or we don't believe? Come on, somebody. Go lay your hands here. But God, okay. So, do you have power and authority over all sickness and disease or what? That's where the rubber meets the road. You going to put your life on the line for the sheep? Did I do it? Of course I did. And she was instantly healed. Not only her, her daughter. Somebody say amen. Of COVID-19. 
See what that? Did I have my gloves on? No. I washed my hands a couple times after this, but that's all right. <laughs> that's when I got back in the flesh. I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> sorry. But I obeyed God. Somebody say amen. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. You're going to be a pastor? You got to be willing to lay your life down for the sheep. And at moments of your life, <sighs> way to bring the check. We at Ruth Chris. Oh, oh y'all want this appetite? Yeah, we got to go. Baby, it's okay. Yeah, okay. Lay your life down. Lay your date down. Lay your Christmas down. Lay your Thanksgiving down. You know, sometimes I like to have a little extra rest time myself. When you got members, sometimes you don't get rest time. And then sometimes it's stupid stuff. <laughs> but, but, but love is patient. Love is, you got to walk some, you know, young babes through some stupid stuff. Well, you know, she handed me a tic-tac chair, but she handed the other lady on her tic-tac, so she must be saying my breath stinks. And Pastor, my, Randy, my breath don't never be stinking because I brush my teeth twice before I come to church. And, and I, she, she just be nice. She be handing everybody tic-tacs. Uh, she been in our church for 10 years. <laughs> she, you know, she didn't mean no harm. She didn't mean no harm. Number three, here's the pressure. You must be willing to do it God's way or else. Don't ever get the idea, Pastor Ron doing what he wants. He say what he wants. Yeah, yeah, No, I don't. I don't. We don't do everything right. Sometimes we make mistakes, but y'all, we are under strict orders and instructions. Somebody say amen. Now, what happens to a pastor when they don't follow God's instruction for his people? Let's go to Jeremiah 23 and 1. <laughs> and you'll, you'll see the first word. What happens to that pastor? Y'all see the first word? Hey, did y'all hear what happened to Bishop? So -so? What happened? Man, he died in it. Whoa. Yeah, what happened to Pastor so and so? What happened to him? Man, he died in the plane crash. Whoa. That's what happened to pastors. They get a too, little too big for their britches. All oh, y'all want to be pastors. Then you can do a better job than me. Come on. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastor. Now, here's the thing. If God has given me the job, uh, healing the sheep, protecting the sheep, fighting for the sheep, right? But then I delegate to somebody else, Israel, and he don't do this, but he start scattering the sheep, confusing the sheep, running people off. Who's going to get judged for that? Not Israel. Not Israel. No, because it was under my authority. I knew what was going on. So I get judged for it. 
Why are you so hard on the leaders? Because of this right here. <laughs> Hello? So when, when you're dealing with people, leaders, we tell you all the time, who are you representing? You're representing me. So you can't say anything to my people. Come on, somebody. You can't do treat my people any kind of way. Because, see, what's going to happen is I'm going to have woe and you're going to still be living. Because you don't get no punishment. You know why? Because I let you do it. In the realm of teachers with teachers' aides and parents and stuff like that, you know, it's the teacher that's teacher record. If you let your prayer do something, it still fall on you. You can't talk about, well, that was my prayer. No. Only very few circumstances will it fall on them. But generally speaking, no, you're the teacher record. So you're responsible. Come on, somebody. You should have seen to it that whatever, whatever happened. Hello? And even especially that, because I'm them IEPs and all that, your parent name ain't on there. Hello? Right. So, so, so he said, woe to the pastors that either do it themselves, scatter the sheep, or allow the sheep to be scattered. Hello? Listen what he said. He said, you destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. And I've come to know, Jesus said, if you're not gathering with me, you scatter. Oh, it's getting quiet up in here. Mm-hmm. Said the Lord, therefore thus said the Lord of Israel against the pastors that feed my people, you scattered my flock. You've driven them away. Now, y'all, if we just put this in the context of COVID, pastors who's supposed to keep the family of God together, keep them encouraged. What's happened? Some of y'all at my church now. <laughs> Real talk. Real talk. What happened? Scattered the sheep. Where he at? Where your pastor at though? Where is your pastor though? <laughs> now y'all, we're in 2020. Somebody, I forget, one of my kids, my wife, somebody. Yeah, they say they ain't having church to 2022. Who is that? Oh, that was my mom. Now y'all, we've been out a whole year. This two years. Are you scattering the sheep? Uh, are you taking care of the sheep? You've driven them away. Don't come to church. <laughs> come to, no, 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 I can't come here. Go back. <laughs> or vaccine, they can't come up in here without a vaccine. Well, they ain't, they ain't letting the children be vaccinated. Well, they got to stay home too. Hello? Churches that are doing it. Pastors. Hello? You've driven them away and have not visited them. Make them go home. You going by the house? Y'all doing home visits? Mm-mm. COVID real. <laughs> it's funny, but, you know, it's, it's true. Have not visited him. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, said the Lord. That's where the woe come from. And I will gather my remnant of my flock out of all these countries where you've driven them and scattered them, and I will bring them again to their foes, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up people like Pastor Randy over them, which shall feed them, 
and they shall fear no more. Hello? Neither be dismayed. Watch this. Neither shall they be lacking. So look at this. A, a good pastor, if you're under the right pastor, this is, this is the rubric. Number one, you, you're going to stop with all the fear. Come on, somebody. And y'all, we can write, give me a mask. I got a mask in my pocket. I wore a mask half the day. And I tell my man, but a lot of y'all came in here with masks and you stayed around us a little while. Didn't nobody catch COVID. You took your mask off and stopped fearing. Somebody say amen. amen. Neither shall they fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be lacking. Hold up. Shh. Neither shall they be lacking. Lacking. What does that mean? What is lack? Poverty. Right? If you're under good pastor, you ought to be coming up. He, he, not, he ought not be the only person driving good. Come on, somebody. Or living good. Right? He living in a big old house. Everybody in the church living in apartments. Come on, somebody. He got a big old nice car. Everybody else got a beat, beat up jalopy. And no, 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 no. If you're under good leadership, if you're under a good pastor, somebody say amen. amen. Number one, number one, he's going he gonna to feed you, right? The Bible says, right? And one of the things that gets in line at the beginning is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Where does fear come from? Your mind, your will, and your emotion. Right? So now I'm not afraid no more because I'm not just get, being attacked without somebody fighting for me. Come on, somebody. For somebody fighting with me. For somebody teaching me how to fight the devil. Teaching me how to stand against sickness and disease. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever over here ever learn how to take authority? Anybody over here ever learn how to lay hands on the sick? And they shall recover. Anybody ever, ever lay hands on somebody or yourself and get healed? Anybody ever came up financially? Of course. It's, it's God in a man called the pastor. Somebody say amen. And he empowers the pastor. It's not the pastor's power. He's not doing it in himself. But if he steps in that office and be willing and obedient, hello, God will empower him to do what he's called him to do. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, if he don't do that, what's the consequence? Whoa. Paul said, woe be unto me if I preach not the gospel. Y'all, this ain't for no check. This ain't for... Baby, why did we do this all these years? For what? Because we love people and we love God. That's it. And y'all, to be doing it these days in this COVID stuff, y'all, you got to love God and you got to love his people. You got to be committed to God. You got to be committed to his people. You got to be married to God and you got to be married to his people. And you got to lay down your life for the sheep. And that's what it's calling for right now. Somebody say amen. amen. Done with these. But what are the perils of pastor? Wait, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. But let me show you just from the back end a little bit because y'all don't consider that, these things, because you don't know them. You don't know them. Number one, you will be hated for no reason when you're a pastor. For no reason. 
Look at Matthew 10, 22. And it says, and ye shall be hated of all men. Why? For my name's sake. Somebody say amen. He that endured to the end shall be saved. You shall be, you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Is that true or not? Hated all men. Just because you're doing what God told you to do. Just because you're saying what God told you to say. Somebody say amen. amen. Hmm. Number two. Hmm. Wicked imposters at your church will betray you. And God doesn't point out all the Judases. He don't. Not to the pastor. He don't point out all the Judas. So you don't know. Because if you knew, you pour your life into this one, but not into that one. You spend time with this one and not with that one. But you don't know who's going to betray you. But that's one of the Dangers of pastor. And you can bless, you can help, you can lay your life down for people. Yeah. And in the end, they betray you. Number three, sometimes the weak that are righteous, I'm talking righteous people that are saved, will turn on you in a moment. Everybody has a weakness. Sometimes righteous people, they're saved. They love you. They're with you. They'll lie to you in a moment of weakness. They'll work against you in a moment of weakness. They'll stand against you in a moment of weakness. <laughs> Because the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And when you're pastoring people, you get in relationship with people. See, pastoring is different than the evangelist. Boy, I used to love being the evangelist, boy. But when you're the evangelist too, your load is light. Because you can preach two messages for like five years, just go to different churches and preach the same two messages. And people won't even be mad. They would go over there and say, he preached the same thing over at Greater Mobile Baptist Church, but it's over, it's good. Right? You don't have to be in relationship with the people. And then people say stuff like that. Well, I sure wish my pastor preached more like you. Well, you're an evangelist. <laughs> and you blazing through with nice shoots and nice shoes and, and then if you can sing or if you can do something else, but you just come through and everybody like oh I like it I like it when Reverend Long come evangelist you gotta be in a relationship you ain't gotta never tell nobody no <laughs> you ain't gotta never make no hard decisions no we're not giving your 16 year old daughter a baby shower Hello? In front of everybody. No, we're not doing it. Like, you don't have to make them kind of, you're just an evangelist. 
Are you packing the house out every time you come to town? Hello? I used to be there, y'all. People used to fill churches to come hear me. I'll come from out of town. And boy, you be in them big churches, they have your name on the on the on the marquee, on the on the, on the electronic sign. Guest evangelist for the week. Pastor Ronnie. And when you're a guest evangelist, they treat you all nice. Hello? We was guest evangelists sometimes. They came and picked us up in limousines. Hello? Put us in nice hotels. This evangelist. What kind of things you like in your fruit basket, in your, in your, in your snack basket? They, they put it all in your room. Hello? What, what would you like to eat after? You, you want to go to Papa Do's? Or you, they, they treat you nice. When you're an evangelist, everybody loves you. If you can preach a little good or sing a little good or do a little hoop at the end, they love you when you're an evangelist. And you ain't got to do much. Just tune up at the end. I know he's all right. You ain't got to worry about nobody betraying you because you're not in a relationship with nobody. Come on, somebody. And you blow through once a year or whatever. If you're good, they keep you coming, right? Hello? Mm-mm. But when you're a pastor, you're in a relationship with people. Sometimes the wicked imposters at your church will betray you. Sometimes the weak that are righteous will turn on you in a moment. Which one is the worst, Gina? Is it the wicked or the righteous? I don't know. Seems like the righteous. When you know you don't walk them out of seven levels of hell and stayed up on the phone with them at midnight, two and three hours, and when they was going through their stuff, called and checked on them three and four times a day while you were still at work yourself, and they turn on you. In a moment of weakness. Number four, sometimes people will discourage you <laughs> as a pastor. Sometimes it can be discouraging. Hello? You got this big vision, you plan for this, that, and the third. You know? For instance, uh, I'll do it. You know, I don't care. Find a nice church, right? Yeah. Show everybody the church. Everybody can say, woo, 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 pastor. All right. So, y'all, this is what we're going to do. How many of us going to give this? Woo! Come to deadline to give. Four people gave their money. That's discouraging. That's discouraging for a pastor. Hello? Or you got, uh, you know, big conference coming up for married people. And key married people that need it, they, they, they abstain. They don't show up. You don't pay all this money for this place, you know. Up front, believing that the married people going to come. Some of them don't come. You're going to do something for the, for the girls of the church. You got a boys program. Parents won't even bring the kids. Yeah. Oh, you got this big speaker coming in. 
we're going to do this conference that our church needs. Faith conference, even whatever. Key people don't even show up. Hello? That can be discouraging. I'm just talking about the prayers of pastor. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Number five, sometimes you will want to give up prematurely because you got discouraged. Number six, you will lose relationships to fulfill God's assignment as a pastor. Sometimes you'll lose even your family members. And I, you know, <laughs> some of y'all did too while we kept having church during COVID. Hello? WTF on your Facebook. WTF. Y'all having what? All that foolishness. Lose family members. Overpass. I know I have in this season. In this season. Totally cut. They cut themselves. I didn't, I didn't do it. Don't agree. Don't agree. Don't agree. You do this. You do that. Don't agree. Okay. Whatever. Somebody say amen. I know what God called me to do. Number seven. This is the worst part of it, though. It really is. Number seven, you have to watch people make fatal life choices even when you warn them in advance. You know what's getting ready to happen. You know that dude ain't right. I told you not to marry him. You know that girl ain't right. Bro, I don't think she's the right one. Hello? Pat, I just quit my job. Just started a, a Nerf ball uh, backyard business. I'm going to take Nerf balls to backyard parties. Bro, I don't, I don't think that's... Didn't you and your, your wife just buy a house? I think that's a good move. I know what God told me. And you got to sit there and watch that train wreck. You know it's going to happen. Somebody say Amen. That, that's, that's just a little bit from my world. Somebody say amen. Welcome to my world. Number eight. And then sometimes you get excited over victories that can still be painful because you have no one that you can share it with. Sometimes it's things that's confidential that were mammoth that you walk people through. You can't share it. They don't want to share. They're not going to share. You can't share it. Sometimes there are things that are going on spiritually, you know, that other people don't even understand that's already happened in the spirit. You're like, man, this is good, and people don't get it. That can be also a downside of pastoral. And lastly, sometimes you have to go before the Lord on people that you pastor. You know, you have to give a report sometimes. Hebrews 13 and 17, it says, Obey them that have rule over you. Submit yourself, for they watch for your souls. Listen to this, as they must give an account. Pray that they do it with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for the pastor. No, unprofitable for you. That would be unprofitable for you. 
Hebrews 13, 17. That will be unprofitable for you. Hello? So, you know, doing Press Appreciation Month, you know, and uh, I want you to actually appreciate the pastor. It ain't about the money you give the pastor, nothing like that. But really understand what he go through sometimes. Hello? And guess how you guess how you help him? Right? Now, now this, some of y'all gonna take this twist around. Well, why you didn't come to pastor? Because I ain't wanna put no more on you, yeah, all that. No, 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 no. No, you know how you help me grow up. Grow up. Mature. Right? Take the word that we're giving you and put it into action. Right? I didn't want to bother you past all this foolishness. That's still foolishness. That's childishness. You need help. You got a pastor. Somebody say amen. What's the good in having a pastor and not benefiting from it? You see what I'm saying? So that's not what we're saying. I'm not saying I'm the miserable pastor. I don't like what I'm doing. I do. I found joy in it. But what I'm saying to you is, think about like when you haven't grown up and how you could grow up, how you could take the word of God that we give and listen to it and apply it to your everyday life and then become a responsible parent, spiritual parent. How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you become a responsible spiritual parent? Huh? You lead somebody to Christ and you disciple them. You teach them all the stuff that you've learned. Hello? That's what makes a pastor feel good. Somebody say amen. When he see the people of God growing and bearing fruit. Right? Growing and bearing fruit. And in this context, the fruit is bringing other people into the kingdom. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah.